0: Zombies have taken over the world And the world needs heroes Hi folks, Timothy Harvey The Outbreak Challenge OutbreakChallenge.com has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now use your real life steps And exercise to run from And battle the zombies On an interactive fitness adventure In the apocalyptic wasteland and You can do this alone, you can do it with your friends See who survives They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from All of them have unique stories and themes If you survive the challenge they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, outbreakchallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code Run to save 15% off that's our coupon code zombie run which you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you and we're working on a race of our own so hopefully we'll be able to bring our listeners along with us as we explore the outbreak challenge thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode
1: A little Airbnb. We there definitely could go,
2: is a little Airbnb.
1: You and I could wreck that place so you don't have the mess at your house. We could tear it up. I don't think we're going to party that hard. To be no. Honest. But. Uh,
2: no. You
1: know who likes to party, though? Daryl Dixon likes to party. Fucking loves to party.
2: But he's bad at it. He he makes mistakes.
1: I wonder, I wonder all the time about Norman Reedus. Why isn't he on Saturday Night Live?
2: Um, honestly, I have no idea. He's really funny, and you would think that since he's been like on one of the best, sh- like, or, you know, like when he was on a popular show, they would have would have asked him.
1: But watching Daryl Dixon be funny is like watching Mother Teresa wear a bikini. Just it, it's not what we want to see, though. Maybe. We're going to see his intense, his puffy, intense eyes staring down the world. Yeah. We got a hell of a lot of that tonight. Uh, On what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're wondering what was in the windmill that was so flammable that this storm didn't already put out that fire. Hi, folks. Welcome to Zumpocalypse Now, where we are looking at the final episode in this first of three batches of walking dead episodes in our final season of the flagship show the walking dead universe will of course continue on with the daryl and carol show and fear the walking dead and tales of the walking dead and your mom is the walking dead and,
2: <sighs> and i saw Goody Proctor with the walking dead
0: the walking
1: <laughs> dead is a car it's it's, it's all the things coming
0: but yeah so we are uh watching private
1: gomer walking dead
2: that's what we watched tonight
0: (laughs) it kind of was we were we were watching the worst military unit in history they did everything wrong in this episode
2: for for nine years You can't convince me otherwise. They all should. I just hate this. I hate this plot line so badly.
0: Well, and and there's all these different moments in this episode where you look at something and go, wait a minute, that's not how sight works. Because Daryl kills a guy in what every other shot of this episode showing what the walls around this compound look like is in a blatantly visible location to everyone else. And I'm like, there's a... mm, This
2: this compound has more platforms and levels than uh, than Tomb Raider. Like, there are so many different places for people to stand and, like, look at each other and, like, secret entrances and, like, you know... I'm sure that... at, at walking dead writers headquarters they had
1: a, a professionally drawn map of all of this entire compound the fictional compound that they're right. on. not the not the set that they're on the uh the um uh landfill and the office park and the uh um uh playground and all that and four other places where they filmed this fucking sequence you know i don't believe it for a second um <laughs> because I just, somebody um, somebody's there and they're and they're and they see the fictional compound and it's like that's fucking genius, it all makes so well, much sense. And then they get on like,
2: fuck all that. Do you guys remember when we used to talk about Debbie, who is the person who keeps the Walking Dead Bible, and hey. how how miserable her job must be? To be like where she where she's in the writing room and somebody says something like, you know, let's have Daryl fuck. And the, the, Debbie's like, actually, we've all but confirmed that Daryl is asexual. Norman Reedus has said it several times on on uh, on different interviews and stuff that he thinks that Daryl is, is not a sexual creature. And, you know, and they're like, shut up, Debbie. It'll be super fun to make Daryl fuck. Let's give him a girlfriend. Let's give him two girlfriends and make one of them crazy and make one of them deaf so he's going to decide is he crazy and damn
0: yeah
1: so i'm not i'm this uh this week i'm not quite as fuck you as i am most weeks um but it was an insanely boring episode <laughs> for me
2: oh for yes it wasn't it wasn't there was content
1: modifier. just trickling out like a like a thing that trickles.
2: It, it, didn't,
0: so, it didn't bore me, but there were so many things where it's like, why would you do that? I mean, what what chain of events in your brain had to happen this for was, you to make that decision? Because it's the wrong
1: one. This is what happens when you write yourself in a corner. When you establish a mythos that you have to adhere to, but you have all this other shit that you want to do. So you, it's shoehorning lots and lots of shoehorning and um just a lot of fuck it too they're like no well, fuck it we'll just do this and no i can't think of an example ready the hawaja
2: yeah ready oh. the hu-
1: that was that was a left turn from that came out of i don't know what the fuck to do land oh cool. I, the thing is, is i like that part
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: That was one of my favorite moments. When like, he's like, "Well, the, the, the what?" and and she's like, "Oh, just wait." And then they go up there. And it's like sparklers, sparklers. <laughs> so, uh,
1: well, um, hey, uh, how does it all? How does all this get started, though, Dustin? Oh God, do you remember?
2: Yes, I remember. <laughs>
1: okay, God, Daryl and and, and Pope and hotness and and I shouldn't say that that's disrespectful even though she's very lovely
2: she's her name is Shaw and she's the dumbest lady on the planet Shaw Uh, stupid stupid Shaw so they notice that the walkers are amassing outside of their gates and they're walking strangely they're walking in like circles and stuff and Pope asks Daryl he's like Daryl you ever seen nothing like this and Gerald's like, yeah, I've seen this happen before. Like they, they'll do like a thing, and then they like wander off. But you can like this; they're really successfully being led. I have done it before. How about I go lead the walkers away? And this is his subtle way of being like, I'm a spy. I'd like to go out to where I'm seeing my friend symbol, signal right now, and uh, I'd like to uh, to find out what the plan is so that I can, as a spy, come back and orchestrate uh, a. Uh, a raid on your community because i am a spy
0: oh yes uh we should point out folks that daryl acts guilty as hell the entire episode every time someone looks at him he's got the expression on his face that says i am not hiding anything no i am not
1: got that he's got that i am totally lying to a cop right now face the whole time yeah. Like this, cop just asked me if there's weed in the car, and there is weed in the car. But I'm gonna wait it out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then
1: you just fucking got this hangdog look in your eye. And that's what he had. And and uh, credit to Norman, Norman Reedus because that was exactly right. I felt. Yeah,
0: you know. The problem is that well, Daryl is not really the espionage type. He, Daryl is not James Bond he's not sneaking into the enemy compound and swirling a martini and saying why yes I am here to help that's no, not his <laughs> character
1: nope he's a former meth addict yeah that's that's his character
0: uh, and,
2: and, and, and you he, know
0: he's also been incapable of having a conversation with Leah Shaw uh, who is like He's
2: got this connection with, and yet every time
0: there's a chance
2: where he could tell her what's going on, what he's really there to do, but he cannot seem to do it. And it's like, every he's like, I got something to tell you. And she's like, wait a second while I listen to this insane uh, order from my boss. Isn't he crazy? Don't I just wish that someone would give me a better option? Maybe I would, I would, you know, move along from being his subordinate if somebody would give me a better option and be like, yeah, that would be great.
0: Yeah. And then and that's just, what happened. That and she never, ever asks him later. What, what was it you wanted to talk to me about? Yeah. This is never in a conversation. It's like, okay, no. Were you about to tell me that you love me
1: up there, Shaw? Uh, stupid, stupid Shaw.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. okay. I kept waiting, like, just waiting until she realized. He's like she's like, oh, he's... <laughs> He's got he's got no sexual feelings whatsoever. Although I think they tried to hint like that he and and she like kissed or something at the
1: I think maybe they dry humped for a minute at some point. But Daryl was like, I can't do this without laughing. It's ridiculous.
2: (laughs) So anyway, um, so he can't talk to her. He's acting real guilty. Uh, And they send this poor kid, just another one, like how it's impossible to tell how many soldiers this group has, what the group is, even the size of this group, because it changes so often. It seems like every five minutes, there's 20 more people or there's 20 less people.
0: Well, we've never known how many people are anywhere. We don't know how many people are in Alexandria. We don't know how many people there were at the Savior's compound. We don't know how, just, I mean, the sheer fact that The Walking Dead just doesn't, it doesn't like numbers. It doesn't like distance. It doesn't like time. And it doesn't like people counts. It just doesn't know what to do with them because if you actually pin any of this stuff down, then Debbie with the Bible becomes important to the show and you can't tell Debbie to go away because you actually have to deal with the numbers that are in the book that she's carrying around going,
2: please, somebody listen to me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so this kid goes out and he's like, I'm going to lead the walkers away. And he gets to the point where like there's walkers coming at him from both sides and he goes, Oh no, I should call in. And at that point, uh, Negan and uh, and Maggie pop in and just like murder the ever loving crap out of him.
0: And let's just take a moment to consider this, this soldiers, soldiers situational awareness. He is walking down a pathway, leading a bunch of walkers. He is then surprised by walkers closing in, from two other directions because he didn't turn around, because he didn't look around him. And then when they're closing in on him and the camera goes for the wide shot, we can see two areas in which he could run away through. Does he do this? No. No, he's an idiot. He deserved to die. He's a terrible soldier. And all of them are terrible soldiers this is a terrible military unit these none of these people should have survived let alone if shaw the 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 pope being a crazy person right
1: crack military my ass
0: well the military
1: on
2: crack Hmm. so so you know shaw's like oh no we sit little billy out and he got eaten by walkers and pope's like well he deserved to die and and this is another one of those moments where where Shaw stands there and she's like, oh gee, I wish Pope wasn't so crazy. If only somebody would give me another option, maybe I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I've hitched my wagon to this complete crazy person. Uh, let's just ignore that we've been the. I've been following him for nine years, and he's obviously been losing it for quite some time. And I probably would have had had this conversation with him seven years ago, or confrontation with him seven years ago, which would you know, make this entire part of the show pointless, but whatever. And then Daryl goes, yeah, that reel does suck.
1: <laughs> is there ever a point you figure where Pope is like, man, I miss the Chiefs. I are a big fan <laughs> of the Chiefs. Instead of like fucking mind gaming everyone all the time.
2: Badly. Badly. He's yeah. bad at it. Oh, yeah, he's
1: not even that
0: convincing, you know? This is...
1: Uh, His accent was cracking tonight. I, oh, there was a couple where I was like, oh, that wasn't... Uh,
2: Did anybody ever officially confirm that this actor is British? Because I feel he's super British.
1: We all think he is. I think he is. Um, but I don't think
0: anybody... Yeah, he's, he's, he's British. Um, the, now, do you know that, Tim? You sound like you know that. Well, yeah, it's Richie Coster, and he's a really fine actor. Yeah, well, uh, he and is, and, but... and in all fair in all fairness to him in this role, he's giving it all he got. I mean, he's he's giving you a megalomaniacal, I am chosen by God, crazy military guy. The problem is, is that, and I'm on one hand, I'm really glad we didn't get this because it would have been horrible. But what we really needed for this character is to have been introduced like two seasons ago.
2: Yeah
0: and watch him come apart. Because we never got the Pope they're talking about. They all talk about how great he was, how much he saved them all, how much he was this, you know, inspiring figure who led them, who helped them survive, who built this band of brothers, this incredibly loyal group of people who think of themselves as a family. So much so that when he's coming apart at the seams, they're all making excuses for him. We don't get to see any of that. We just get to see, and here's a crazy person. And people are saying, but he didn't used to be crazy. And we're like, we don't believe you. He's (laughs) clearly always been insane. But they're like, no, no, he was fine once. And we're like, "Mm, I'm not buying it. And that's, I mean, so it's just the, there's no reason for any of these people to be following this guy at this point. And I mean, Richie Coster has been in so many great things. He's been in, he's been in just all kinds of movies and television. And he's just one of those hardworking character actors who shows up and gives it everything. But unfortunately he's, he's, he's doing hard work in service to a character who
2: doesn't deserve it,
0: doesn't deserve it. So yeah. fantastic job, Richie. We, I, I, I'm impressed with your work I wish they gave you more to work with
2: that would this honestly this kind of act this kind of role is one of them that I wish that we could do a interview with like get somebody like this who's like okay like you realize walking Dead. like can you tell us like exp- I know you can't I wish you could could you please just pretend like you're going to tell us we won't put it on the air like, what it was like to walk in every day and be like, oh, okay, I'm crazy and, you know, running around. And he's just Debbie's crying in the corner because none of this makes any sense.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. And Pope is just sending his people off to die. And everyone's just standing around going, well. Well, I guess, I guess you if he said
1: God body. wanted, I guess that's what God wants. <laughs> God,
0: God. no (laughs) no this is how this works
1: just don't have the heart to tell him I'm a Jew
0: yeah yeah.
1: technically same God you know whatever God
0: wants you gotta do God right it's frustrating to watch this kind of thing
2: so you know Pope's crazy and Shaw's like doing everything but telling Daryl like gee, I wish that you would tell me you're a spy so that I can join up with you and maybe save some of my people's lives by killing Pope. Like, literally, she is, like, this is all that happens between the two of them all episode long. Uh, Daryl, you know, helps Maggie and, and, uh, and uh, Gabriel sneak in. He kills a guard. He's been, you know, popping members of this group as much as he can, just killing as many of them as he can and uh
0: he goes and kills the guard somehow he goes from the scene where we see him standing with pope and leah and then he disappears and suddenly appears on the walkway which isn't by the way still in plain view of everybody else on the walkways because they're up above and highly visible and suddenly he's over here and he kills the guy after doing the whole fake you know here here have a cigarette ha ha i should quit these things ha ha and Oops! I dropped. You don't
2: skull. need to. You don't need to quit cigarettes, buddy. You dead. You dead for no reason. And
0: then these things would kill you. And then he shows back up with his with his quiver of arrows, uh, and and Leah's like, "Where were you?" And It's like, whoa! whoa, whoa. I had to Hang on. None of you noticed he left before then. Aren't you supposed to be a military unit? Sometimes a guy's got to take a shit. He, di- he didn't say, I'll be right back. What? what he just disappeared. And no one said anything. It's like, what? He said, okay.
1: I mean, it was in one of the cut scenes where he's like, hey, stupid, stupid. What's her name? Shaw.
2: Leah or Shaw, whatever stupid you want to Shaw.
1: Hey, stupid Shaw. I got to take a shit. I'm that
0: would have a... at least given him a reason.
1: I'm going to take a splinty <laughs> yeah. eyed. Intense dump. And then okay, I'm going to be back with my arrows.
2: One has I'm, to be prepared. I'm not going to go kill kill your friend. All these guys that you, you keep saying are your brothers. I'm just knocking them off left and right. And so...
1: <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my squinty-eyed shit first.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so he goes back and he's like, yeah, I'll just want to get my arrows. And so then... Uh, then... So Maggie and and Gabriel get in, and then uh, Negan and that guy who used to wear a hockey mask but doesn't anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They get hit by some shrapnel, but they get in, and like Maggie wrecks a truck, and and you know it's just Glenn. Uh, Gabriel goes up to a room and starts sniper actioning people, which is like, when did he level up to sniper?
0: Clearly, then did the guy lucky.
2: with one eye level up to sniper.
0: There's only one sight on the gun, he only needs the one
2: eye. they
0: <laughs> Oh, you left out you left out the part about the landmines. Oh, the land. yes. So there are landmines all around. They're like it's a, I either, mentioned they're going to get that. in and he's going to be like they they they're not it doesn't matter that they get in or not cuz they're not going to get in cuz of the landmines. It's like what? And, of course, none of our heroes who are walking, the walkers around who are leading them, get anywhere near the landmines. We don't blow up any of our heroes because, you know, somehow they magically don't step on any of the randomly placed landmines. Well, they're probably, lucky, they course.
1: probably, now here's how I would do that. I've got this all worked out, right? You're in a big group. You're walking through a field of landmines, right? Right. Basically, you walk halfway back in the pack or so, and you connect the dots between craters based on where people walk before you, right?
2: Yeah, I mean.
1: And so you just walk where they used to be because they're all going to get used up. There's like a bunch of zombies, you know. I had it all worked out. I was like, okay, I can believe how that would
2: happen. I did, too. I was okay with it, too. Like. As long as once they saw the first landmine go off, they're like, all right, we need to send these dudes up first. Once you get them started, they'll just keep walking whatever direction you tell them to walk.
0: If we had any sense of where our hero walkers were in location, if we had any idea where our folks were in reference to anything else, because again, The Walking Dead doesn't like numbers and that includes distance and spatial geometry and anything else that indicates where anything is (laughs) because it seems like they're in the front half the time which of course is where the landmines are but apparently not so anyway really really i thought the horde could have been a little bit
1: more impressive you know Mm -hmm. i mean i realize that takes a lot of extras but bus them in (laughs) 100 buses full of extras
2: yeah, they're making some real rough decisions tonight. So, so everything is going off, and and uh, Pope's like, We're gonna use the haberdasher, and and and, and, and Daryl's like, What's the oh, haberdasher? God. and he's like, Oh, you'll see. And it's a giant like array of fireworks. And arrows. Mm -hmm. It's been built like a missile launcher, Mm -hmm. and it just as soon as he pulled the the tarp off of it, I was like, I'm in love with this piece of machinery. (laughs) It's so just obviously not good. I just was like, it's not going to do what you want it to do. Like, have you ever shot off a Roman candle?
1: That's why they were feathered on the back, so they would keep their trajectory. So the thing is they don't need to really aim it just point it in a general direction right basically like how how you know how everyone shoots everything in this show and manages to you just point it in the general direction and it's headshot after headshot so well, there's every-
0: no problem in walking deadland Everybody's got stormtrooper aim on this show until they ne- until they need to be good shots. So. Then
2: they're a master sniper.
0: Exactly, <laughs> with one eye,
1: headshot yeah, every time. It is, it is, he's wearing, got the stock in his right shoulder, and that happens to be the side of his face that is useless for sniping. <laughs> <laughs> he's leaning his head over the side. It was. It's, I don't remember how he was doing it. Didn't even occur to me. Yeah. I was with you though. I'm- I was like, oh.
2: Did he bring that with him? No. He found it in a wall, I think. I think that was supposed to be like Maggie's old room or something. And when he walked into that room and it was so destroyed, I was like, there's absolutely no way. There would be, like, there's no way that 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 would look like that. These guys would be living, somebody would be living there. It would look like a room somebody lived in. And it didn't, and that irritated me. But again, we don't know how big this group is. We don't know how many people live there. Like... You know who does? It's like
1: know. I'm just gonna say it's it was around 15 at one point, and now it's less.
2: Because there's not
1: like a fucking bustling market of muggles out there, who, right?
2: Exactly. And, but the but but Shaw keeps saying like we have a community to take care of. That's yeah. like I've not seen a single civilian. I have no idea what you're talking about when you say community.
1: Well, I think when he says community, he might be talking about the place where the other gang of idiots is. I think he's talking about that.
2: Oh, no. Nice. Who knows. Life is a mystery. They've got
1: to tie these two storylines together somehow. And if they take out the... No, because those motherfuckers would be in stormtrooper outfits. Yeah, that yeah. don't make no sense. I don't so, know. I can't believe I've spent all this fucking electron activity in my brain on this subject. My goodness.
2: Tim or Curtis, you just you, you welcome. We have a support group we meet on Wednesdays. I know, yeah. <laughs> um actually this is the support group we're meeting right now. But why did we start watching this show? Like I, when I when I didn't see you and I saw Tim. Was uh, it was uh,
1: it uh, Fame and Fortune?
2: Yeah, yes. exactly. That's uh, that's it. When I when I was talking to Tim, uh Maya was there. And she's like, "Oh, you guys still do your podcast?" and she's like yeah she's like, you guys must really like the walk and I was like no I hate it <laughs> I do not watch the show for pleasure if if Tim ever is like hey let's just watch the episode by ourselves and and uh, just do the podcast I don't watch it I'm just like no it's not going to happen I need to be forced to watch the show so that we can do this show
0: and I am here to make your life miserable
2: so about the time they're pulling out the haberdasher is when Daryl finally gets the stones enough to be like, Oh, guess what? I'm a spy, <laughs> and Shaw's like, What? and he's like, He's like, Come on, lady, look around you. This place is this dude is crazy, pants crazy, and my you know, I don't want you to kill my people who are good people. Your boss is nuts. And so, then before he can get anything out of her, Pope, of course, shows up, and uh. And Pope wants to shoot the haberdasher down into the courtyard where the soldiers are fighting the walkers, and and Shaw at that point is like, "What? No, you can't kill any more of our friends." And he's like, "I kill whoever I want." And and uh, at that point, she's had enough, so uh, she
0: seven years him. too late.
2: Yeah, seven years too late. Stabs him right in the neck. And uh, the guy who's been arming the haberdasher this whole time, like, looks up and goes, oh, whoa!" what? And then Daryl kills him. And I think that that is the point where he lost her.
0: Potentially, Because, yeah.
2: because well, until he re- she realized he has been, like, murdering the fuck out of all of her friends. Like, if he had been like, no, 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 no. You know, you know Pope needed to die, and that got you know giving that kid a chance to be like, "You're right, thank God, Shaw. We've been waiting for you to kill him for two years." You know, which would have you know been really interesting. I think would have been more interesting. But yes.
0: well, and unfortunately, you know, what Daryl has done here is is that he ends up replacing Pope with Shaw because she's like, "You better run." because she gets on the radio Daryl killed
2: Pope (laughs) and he's like well that's not very nice (laughs) (laughs) I thought we had a connection that we were going to have to have a serious conversation about in a little bit when you're like oh Daryl I love you and I was like I'm sorry I'm aromantic I am still heterosexual but it does not mean what you think it means gender (laughs) is a spectrum and so is sexuality
0: and she says you know so you, is ice cream
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and she's like you know all those things. hey you great. you love your family i love mine and he's like well fine bye
2: <laughs> yeah it, i think that's the, that's the main problem i have If is that uh, and, and i can't i honestly can't tell if i feel like it's good storytelling or bad storytelling because if daryl had been paying attention to what she was saying all this time which is I love my family he could have approached this in a way instead of like I'm gonna spy and murder the fuck out of these soldiers if he had he had been like these are her family of you know the best way to not cause a huge rip with her when it's time to kill Pope is to try and protect her family as best as I'm trying to protect my family
0: well, to give, the, to give the writers more credit than I think they deserve here, that fits pretty well into Daryl's personality and right. skill set. I mean, he's the wrong guy to try and be the, let me, let me sit down and reason with you about this set of circumstances that should make you my ally and your people my ally and allies of my friends because your leader is crazy. He's the wrong guy to have that conversation. That's not Daryl's strength. I mean, he... As we can tell, because every time he's tried to start that conversation, it just stops. And Leah, clearly, is not interested enough to bring it back up again and said, that thing you wanted to talk to me about. What was it? It just...
1: I wanted to be your boyfriend, but bitch wouldn't listen.
0: (laughs) But the thing is, is that the fact is that Leah is a by default a better military commander than Pope because she cares about her people
2: yeah and I think probably would be is going to if they who who, like maybe a better antagonist
0: I I don't see her surviving past the next two episodes
2: yeah they've got to get rid of this whole situation well
0: anyway okay
1: We're going to have to get to the other story eventually.
2: Do we have to? Well, okay. that one will go
0: pretty quick, but we got to get through this one, too. Okay. And and in fairness, Lynn Collins, who plays Leah, again, really fine actor. I fucking love that, that woman hard. She is doing very good work with what she's got. This is a, once again, folks. This isn't the Walking Dead's problem. Is very rarely in the actors. Sometimes it is, yeah. but very rarely is it in the actors doing the work. It's the writing. The writing is the problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always has been. It's always been the writing. And this, you know, the, and the and the the story. They could probably make what story they chose work if their dialogue writing was better. And if their situational awareness was a
0: little bit more, mm, right? I mean, we could we could we could diagram all the issues with so, storytelling in the walk. We next. leave but, uh, we leave our
1: our cat our, our in, in, intrepid group.
2: Uh, oh right! Uh, Leah gets ready to fire the haberdasher, and and uh, and we, last thing we see is Negan and, and Maggie standing out in the courtyard, going, "What's that thing?" Leah fires the haberdasher down on top of them.
0: Yeah, the solution to their problem, by the way, is to run forward. Yes. That's that's how you solve this particular to get as close as possible to the thing. Well,
2: I I will I will tell you, I will tell you this. If if when we come back to this storyline, if it begins with Negan and or Maggie just impaled by arrows, I will I will I will eat a sock. Uh, just because I so it's so like a completely useless cliffhanger because neither of those dudes is getting nothing happening to them in this you know in this right. com- in this part part of the show like neither one of those people are is in is in any danger.
0: Oh, well, yeah. they might they might get an arrow jammed in them, but it won't go off or whatever it is. Wait a
1: second. Wait a second. How long has it been? since someone we actually gave a shit died.
0: Oh, the guy the guy whose sister um, we saw die or Not, you uh, have to water. know a name we he's been he his name has been mentioned two or three times <laughs> they,
2: they can kill he him got one. He's
0: yeah. also he's also a black male on the walking dead. So statistically speaking, he's survived a very long time.
1: <laughs> well, that's true. And And he is the only, there's only, I forget, there's only one Black
0: person allowed. I think they're up to like three. And they introduced Virgil. And so, you know, you uh, you bring in a new Black male character and you have to kill one off. Oh, yeah. That's the rule. I remember the rule now. Which is really disturbing that it's still true on The Walking Dead. It It wasn't cool when it first happened. It's never gotten any cooler, guys. It's... It's it's
1: a pattern that we invented and we think is probably true.
2: We're not the only people who have noticed it. Uh, I
1: thought we were the only Walking Dead podcast. (laughs) Yes, it's only uh, us.
0: Only we discuss The Walking Dead after the show airs because nobody else can bring themselves to do it. (laughs) (laughs) We're the only ones.
2: So back in Alexandria, things have taken a turn. It's raining. Yeah, It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. He uh, went to bed and bumped his head and woke up the next morning craving brains.
0: So curiously, (laughs) (laughs) craving brains. Love it. (laughs) So curiously, despite the fact that this is set in Virginia, um, which if you're familiar with Virginia, it's in the northeastern part of the united states which has been known to have extreme weather and curiously nothing in this town seems to be capable of withstanding a really nasty storm because really nasty storms have never happened apparently in this in this walking dead universe and as dustin pointed out we're watching the show what happened to alexandria that everything is completely falling apart
2: because the house that they are like, okay, so apparently everyone's trying to take shelter in one house or a group, like a, a specific group that happens to include some of our main people. And the house looks like it is falling apart. In fact, at one point, they're, they're noticing the door, like the whole door jam is going to come breaking off.
1: They mentioned dry like, rot. Makes perfect sense to no one.
0: Yeah, except that this was actually a housing community. This stuff was built to code and okay, sure. Didn't that, and didn't that, not didn't that housing community get attacked
1: and burned down by the Whisperers or something? Parts of it Part, were. Parts
0: of not, it. Not everything, and certainly the houses they're living in. Have Hilltop
2: been... was the one that was like burned to the ground. Alexandria survived mainly unscathed. It's just that their supply chain was ruined. Like the you
0: know and they're having issues with their walls and the walls are coming down because the wind is blowing down the walls because somehow none of these people have learned to shore anything up and use hammers and nails look and- look
1: const- you can't expect proper construction uh, uh, um, standards for for a place where you got to scavenge for everything because they probably used old rusty bolts that they found from somewhere you know and and if they had a welder, I don't know where they'd get 220 watts of power, you know.
0: Maybe from the or, uh, windmill, uh, maybe from the windmill, which is apparently incredibly flammable and coated in oil, so the rain won't put it out because they'll get a lightning strike and the windmill catches on fire. But somehow this windstorm rainstorm isn't touching the fire, so they have to split up the group and send one group over to fix the wall and one group to the windmill and i'm like why is the windmill burning but we only no, get sh- sh- to see, sh- sh-
1: we only get to see the people protecting the house though right, right. now in fairness we're falling
0: get the fuck apart we do get a cool scene at the
2: house we get i thought we got a couple of cool scenes like what um i liked i liked when rosita was like Hold my beer. I have to protect the land. And uh, just went out and ruined all the walkers that were attacking the house.
1: Now, Judas like- had the death of the week. Uh huh. She, she had the walker kill of the week where she removed an arm.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that was another one. Like when, when, when little daughter Fodder Jr. Um, she, she, like, was standing by a window, like, and, and Judas was like, hey, Debbie, stay away from the window. And she's like, what? And then a walker reached in and grabbed her and Judith ran over and cut her her arm off and stabbed him right in the fucking head. I like that.
0: So this is Gracie that we're talking about. This is actually uh, Aaron's daughter, which again, puts your mind back to the time that we first met Gracie as a baby, right? And we had that lovely little time jump that enabled Judith to be played by an actress who didn't sit there and cry all the time. Um, So Gracie has grown up as well. But then we have this seed where Gracie's like, Again, conversations that should have happened a long time ago with children in this world. She's like, I'm always scared all the time. I don't know how to deal with fear. You're never afraid, Judith. And Judith is like, I'm afraid all the time. Fear is a superpower. She's watched Dune. And the woman going, and this is how Gracie dies. Judith, Judith gives her the pep talk. And now Gracie is, oh, and Gracie does it.
2: Gracie goes off to find a weapon. Uh, he goes down to the basement and doesn't tell anybody where she's going. Of course, nobody's paying attention to these damn kids. The, you know, this is the uh, the Lori Grimes School of Parenting. <laughs> we have other things to do, and the children will take care of themselves. I'm sure. <laughs> so
1: they'll sort themselves out. We'll all be fine.
2: I am a
0: little concerned about the weapon that Judith got for her because if if a small child, because Judith is in fact a small child, can break the wooden st- was, was that a shovel or something?
2: It was like a broom, broom handle. Yeah, she
0: just snaps that thing like a twig and I'm like, Judith is not like-
2: super strong. She's a I child. Did. Yeah, well I think she was just trying to be like here, can we go now? Like because she noticed she was the only one like as they're beginning to lose the downstairs she's the only one oh the whole episode is is them like trying to hold the house mm. and the walkers keep coming and like things keep happening and uh finally they're like okay we've got to go upstairs and judith is the only one who notices that daughter fodder too is not there and so she goes to find her and she's down in the basement looking for a weapon. The basement's starting to flood. And uh, and that's why Judith like breaks the broom handle and, and is t- trying to get her back so they can go upstairs. And they get stuck in the, in the uh, basement because of the storm and the walkers. And uh, so they might drown or get eaten. Neither one of those kids are going to drown or get eaten, but you know.
0: I don't know. Gracie's got victim painted all over.
2: Daughter Fodder Junior. Daughter Fodder Junior. And that's basically what happened. Like, like I said, Rosita like finally like okay, I've got to go out and clear this up. So she grabs like one of those knives that goes in between your knuckles and uh, like what looks like um a, a like serrated baseball bat.
1: Yeah, that's and, an that's an odd one. And I recognize like, that as like an like an Inuit battle weapon or something. It's like, got it's like a piece of driftwood kind of carved against a rock.
2: That's, that's got like a war uh,
1: club. It's it got seal teeth in it.
2: Yeah, Ugh. pardon me, gentlemen. Oh, sorry. And then so she runs out and does, and it's really cool because half of the scene you're watching rosita fight off the walkers and just like doing a very systematic job of it and the other half of the scene is you watching judith and what's your butt watching
0: and yet we also get a, a shot in that scene which is a recurring issue with this episode is that's not how sight works so they're watching out the window and then there's a knock on the door and everyone's like oh, okay they're looking out the window. They can see that Rosita has killed all the zombies and is standing at the door. Why is anyone acting shocked? They—they they can. She's right there. They, there's a window. You—you're watching her. Just uh-huh. open the door. <laughs> but we also have a scene where Daryl's looking through binoculars, and he sees because he knows where to look for apparently uh, his friends in the walker masks. The problem is, is that Daryl is up in the air. He's on the top of the the parapet thing and he's looking down. And yet the angle of the binoculars is head level of our characters on the ground. That's
2: not how eyes work. You can't see that way. (laughs) Folks at at home, you can't see this, but Tim has pulled out a, a whiteboard with uh with a Diograms. bunch of diagrams and pictures taped to it. I don't know how he did this in the amount of time since we just watched the episode like however I've, many minutes ago. I've been preparing for this my whole life, Dustin. It's
0: all <laughs> about angles. I've got an art degree, damn it. I know how this stuff works. <laughs> it's uh I mean there's there's a whole bunch. Th- this is an episode where this kind of thing just really stands out i mean it's not the first time the walking dead has done this sort of thing but like there were these the scene i mean it's a it's a badass moment the door opens and rosita is standing there it's such a hero shot except it's completely spoiled by the fact that right before we're supposed to be like surprised that there's a knock on the door it's supposed to be this dramatic thing it's like no they can see her she's they got the windows (laughs)
1: <laughs> They've got eyes
0: in their heads and stuff and then you I thought know, there
1: was something about that that was a little bit lame you know it was a little well bit it's, it's like so close. oh yeah of course there's lightning behind her when she pauses at oh, the man. door to make that happen I'm it just is a, it just, is a
0: badass it is a badass shot I mean it really is and the problem is that they set it up completely wrong yeah they should have made it so that you couldn't see it so that I mean Honestly, if we had just heard her fighting on the other side of that, I mean, as much as cool as it was, just like Justin said, it was really cool to watch her do it and to see the reactions of Judith. Uh, but at the same time, it prob- for that shot to work, you, you should have just heard it. You should have yeah. just heard stuff and I, outside.
2: And I think that it would have worked just as well if all you saw was heard was what was going on and saw Judith watching. Mm. I think it would have worked just as well.
0: Maybe. But it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it was a badass shot. She's standing there. S- let's stay away from win- the windows. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough.
2: I mean, hmm. at that point, they should have been preparing. Like, we need to be upstairs. Like, they were moving people upstairs. It's like, no, uh, the upstairs, that's where everybody should be. Like, why? Yeah. Why are we moving people upstairs? All the children should have been upstairs for all this whole time.
0: I was a little concerned when someone said, I'm going to go check on the babies. And I'm like, wait, you left the infants alone in a building surrounded by zombies. Do you want there to be it infant can't. lunches? Is, that, is that the plan? Can't reason with the show.
1: Can't. You just got to accept it. It's like a prison sentence. It it's it's been ordained and and you have no control
0: oh now wait a minute that sounds an awful lot like pope talking and i am the pope <sighs> uh,
1: I, you I, don't I, argue I, with god and god speaks through me so you don't therefore by the transitive property right. of equality so um, a equals b b equals c so a equals c I, and uh, i am god now, well, for the purposes I mean, of my next, the way I get murdered.
2: Well, I guess welcome to the cult, uh, you guys. Yeah. yeah, and I hate to come
0: back around to Pope because we could go on for days, but the we're we're looking at two different two different types of character that have been smashed together. We've got the religious zealot, the the fanatical, you know. God speaks through me character. And then we've got the military commander character. And while you can make these two things cross over, the <laughs> followers of a divinely inspired leader tend to act like followers of a divinely inspired leader, not like soldiers who are wondering what the hell's going on with this guy. Mm-hmm. And again, go back two seasons and introduce this character and watch him fall from grace. Fine. Um, But please don't. I do not require in the Tales of the Walking Dead spinoff series, the Pope backstory episode. It's not necessary. Do not give me that. (laughs) Don't care. (laughs) Well, I'm glad he's dead now. We'll never get it. Well, that's the problem with the Tales of the Walking Dead thing is that uh, they're talking about bringing folks back who are already dead.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. God damn them. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing flashback fucking Walking Dead.
0: Well, this way you can well, bring back beloved characters be doing who are in movies anyway. But you can bring back characters you can bring back characters that audiences miss. Like Yeah, I don't you know, miss any of them. Well, that's because we watch this professionally. <laughs> There's that? That's real
2: sad. I'm real Apparently it's that.
0: getting
1: apparently it's getting real good. We my mom is keeps asking me, are you watching Walking
0: Dead? Are you watch She wants to talk to me about it. So bad, but I'm not caught up disturbingly i am hearing that there's some really interesting story stuff happening over on walking dead world beyond a lot of it world building that impacts the other shows and i'm like damn it we <laughs> did not like that show now we have now i think we're gonna have to, we're, we are gonna have to watch it well, if we i'm also hearing
1: teenage monologues about why everything's so hard
0: you know I think they I think they they've ditched a lot of that this season from what I've read i've I've tried not to read too much because I don't you know I don't want to spoil it I guess yeah but I'm also hearing over on, on Fear of the Walking Dead that strand has gone full on villain shocked shocked I am mm-hmm. so we'll have to we'll have to work our way around to that stuff as we do <sighs> but we have a little break from the regular Walking Dead universe.
1: So it'll be, it'll be, uh we'll have to get through half the fear, of the walking dead season. And then we can, and then we get back to this. Is that right? They
0: leapfrog each other. It's going to be one of those things where we are, we've got so much walking dead content that we're, yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a and lot then
2: when, that. when, when it all stops, we have to go back because we didn't do the original seasons of the podcast. So we're, because we were just doing it as friends who were watching a show, so we have to do the first two seasons of Fear the Walk of the Walking Dead. No, and we, don't. Then no we don't. we don't. have to go no, and, we don't. and transcribe all of our no. episodes. No, uh, we really don't. Like, do dramatic readings of all of the episodes we did as a, as a written.
0: Okay, so that would actually be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I would have the easiest dialogue, I just read the tweets. Yeah, but folks, if you if you have not read our original reviews that Dustin and I did back in the day, and then Curtis joined us uh, then as well, um, the structure was not what you're getting in the podcast. It was basically Dustin would describe the episode. In badly, a, just so badly. So damn funny. And then I would come in and either actually correct the funny thing that he said so it was accurate to the show. And then I would sit there and say why what happened on the show was stupid. And then Dustin would say something else that was really, really funny, and I would come in. So it was like Dustin being really funny. Wait a minute, it is the same structure. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we used to do it. The advantage, of course, for Dustin and I was that we could write it down and edit it and make ourselves look really, clever. really not, Yes. <laughs> Here, this is when when you listen to the show and you realize we're not that clever. This is this is the real us.
2: <laughs> we're I, I'm clever as fuck, Tim Harvey. All right, we're fairly clever, clever esque. <sighs> I'm never, I'm never not clever.
0: Oh my! And on that bad note, uh, oh, I love yeah. it. Okay, so on on that note, I gotta take a shit. Curtis, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Curtis, Curtis, Curtis asked to be excused. Um, all right, folks. So if you. If you liked this episode, great, fantastic. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you didn't like this episode, if you felt like we did, that there was a whole lot wrong with it, um, welcome to the show. Uh, This is what we do here. But uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can leave us a rating. You can uh, Whatever podcast format you are finding us on, uh, you can leave us a rating. You can leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we do this because we actually do enjoy each other's company whether or not we enjoy what we're watching all the time Um, and so we do have fun and we hope that you guys are enjoying it as well and based on our uh, the episode we did that was the two-part finale of fear the walking dead of the last season thanks a lot folks you've been a lot of you have been listening to the show and we really appreciate that Uh, always nice to see again ratings um and and comments do help people find the show and- throw us a fucking bone you guys you're doing shit you're doing nothing we appreciate yeah.
2: how how hard is it? On it how hard is it you've already listened you've already listened to this and you know we want you to is it because you're like we think that we're some sort of like sadists or something and or like masochists and we say we want you to, but then we really don't because it gives us some sort of sexual thrill. That's not the case. No, no sexual
0: masoch-
1: weirdness is beyond that.
0: Well, there's that, and not to mention the fact we are masochists because we watch this show, but that's not a sexual thing. Oh just God. fucking click the thumbs up or whatever it is you click, please. You say,
2: say hi, Curtis. Hi, Curtis. I just watched. let you know that I'm listening, and we will be ecstatic. We'll, be we'll
0: invite you on the fucking show. <laughs> Can you imagine the sexual deviancy you would have to have to get turned on by the Walking Dead universe? Ugh. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be a pill for that. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, folks. We do appreciate it. We honestly do. Thank we you, We'd appreciate
2: your comments more.
0: <laughs> like Dustin says. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Dustin.
2: Fucking, just fucking do it. Comment.
0: And again, folks, thank you for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now.
1: Now would be a good time to do that.
2: I don't do this for my health, you know. I'm trying to create a brand. <laughs> do your fucking I've been, part. I've been involved I've been involved in new media since when it was first started to be called new media and I've had so many shows so many shows I'm just gonna let this rant play
0: out underneath the closing music I hope you guys realize
2: thank you Tim
0: on Apocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.